You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So today we turn our attention to today. Um, as I mentioned yesterday, kind of building off of yesterday a little bit, there, there are positives kind of in, in, in both camps that we can all sort of agree on. There are, there are a few people out there, you know, sort of like the independents, since we're in that whole political thing. You know, it's like the, the Green Party people who do want us to tank no matter what. There's not many, but, the, but I do want to acknowledge their existence. But we do need to turn our attention to today, and um, I kind of want to look at, I want to start off by the other, looking at the other games that are going on, um, just in terms of how it relates to what we got going on and, and our outlook going forward. And this is a bit where we diverge, um, because depending on your outlook on the season, again, yesterday was about where we, we, where we see eye to eye, um, this is where we're going to completely differ. Because depending on if you think we're going to turn this around or not, will dictate whether or not you want everybody else to kind of do well. Now, I obviously, Vikings, Bears are on the docket. So it's hard to say we want the Bears and the Vikings to win, but the bottom line is there is a way for things to fall that brings us closer to the playoffs. There is a way for things to fall that gives us a higher draft pick. So for example, absolute best case scenario for the Packers in terms of 2022. Packers win, Washington beats the Vikings, Cardinals beat the Seahawks because the Seahawks are that'll bring the Seahawks to five and four and the Cardinals to four and five. The Packers, by the way, will be at four and five, two games behind the Minnesota Vikings. And then we want Tampa Bay. Uh, I guess it doesn't super matter who wins between. It's crazy that it doesn't matter, but genuinely, it doesn't actually matter all that much. Um, then you've got a pile of AFC versus AFC games that don't matter to us in terms of playoff seeding. And then you got AFC, NFC. So you just down the line, you're rooting for the AFC teams to win, essentially, right? Uh, not that a lot of these super matter because you would assume the Eagles are going to stay ahead of us. But had the Texans beaten the Eagles, that would have been a thing, right? They didn't. Miami against Chicago. For every reason, we're rooting for Miami. Bengals, Panthers. If the Bengals win, Chargers beat the Falcons, and Baltimore beats the Saints. That would put the NFC. We're still not in the playoffs. We are the 10th seed. We are out of the playoffs um, with quite a ways to go. I mean, the Falcons would be ahead of us. They're still not in the playoffs. The 49ers would um, also. You know what's crazy? If that were to shake out, all four NFC East teams would be in the playoffs. It would be Buccaneers from the South, the Seahawks from the West, the Vikings from the North, and then the four NFC East teams would be the ones in. That would be kind of hilarious, actually. But it does draw us a little bit closer. Because we're four and five, which puts us in second place in our division and pretty much tied with all the other teams in second place in the other two divisions that which have nobody in the playoffs. But also Washington would be at five and four and the Giants would be at six and two. Cowboys also six and two. So some opportunities if we can go on a bit of a winning streak to maybe catch up depending on how things go down the line. In fact, let's go to next week and kind of just continue this line of thought again. It's not great. I mean, I, I did absolute best-case scenario, and there's still a couple teams ahead of us uh, in line to get into the playoffs. But let's just do next week. 
Packers, Dallas, we end up winning. Sweet. And again, we're just going to do absolute best case scenario. So even though it's ridiculous, Washington is going to beat the Eagles. Uh, between Cardinals and Rams, we'll pick the Rams. Tampa is going to beat the Seahawks. The Lions will beat the Bears. And um, Panthers will beat the Falcons. And then again, all the AFC, NFC, we'll just pick all the AFC teams to win. And the other games don't really matter. So I'll just click those through. So in two weeks, absolute best case scenario, we're still not in the playoffs. We are the eighth seed. Again, all four NFC North teams are still in. However, the Vikings are now at six and three. The Packers are five and five. And we are now ahead of everybody. We're, we're next in line. But we would still need to overtake Washington. Actually, you know what? If we're talking best case scenario, we would have probably the Eagles win here. Just because we're going to let them take off and run. Let me go back to last week and just let the Eagles win. Oh, they already did. Never mind, because that was this past Thursday. Because then it kind of gets us closer to knocking off the commanders, I guess. But again, we're two weeks in, wildly unrealistic scenario in which every single possible thing, including nonsense, goes in our direction, and we beat the Lions, and we beat Dallas, and we're still not in the playoffs yet at 5-5. Five and five. So let's go one more week and be silly with it. So again, we're going to go through and pick all the, well, we're going to pick us to beat the Titans, and then everything else is AFC. AFC, including beating the Eagles, and AFC beating the Panthers. Then the AFC games, nobody cares, so we'll just click through those. And then in the NFC, we'll have the Lions beat the Giants. The uh, Saints will beat the Rams. We'll have, the, I guess, the Bears beat the Falcons. Not that that's the greatest thing, but that would still work better for us. Um, I honestly don't know if we want the Vikings or the Cowboys to win, but I guess I'll pick the Cowboys. And then... 49ers, Cardinals, again, it doesn't matter because I'm, they're basically equal, so I'll just pick the 49ers. Now, three weeks of nonsense, and we're sneaking in as the seventh seed. The other real good news, though, is although we're still the seventh seed, the only reason we're the seventh seed, you got to remember, is because the Vikings are ahead of us. Because the number one seeds in each division, or the, the, the top guys in each division, is going to be one, two, and three, and four. And then you just have five, six, and seven after that. So the best you can be until we overtake the Vikings would be fifth. Now, to be fair, we are being kind of silly with it. But, but even if we look, let's just say a, a, if the Packers go on a three-game winning streak, if you go back and do what's more realistic, because things are so close, even if you have the, the, the big dogs winning, essentially what you'll have, and I'm not going to go through every single game, the Vikings probably pull away from us even further. Not even, I shouldn't say even further, but, but they're still so far ahead that we're not quite caught up like we were in the previous nonsense example. But what you're having is teams beating up on some of the other competition that we're in, and I still have us as the seventh seed. So even in a more realistic situation, although we probably don't end up winning the North, or at least up to this point we're not, I guess what I'm saying is the ability to sneak into the playoffs is still largely within our grasp. In fact, it's kind of hard to go back and find a scenario in which that doesn't happen because, again, even if I switch it and say, okay, let's say the 49ers win so that they have a better record than us, well, then they end up beating somebody else which drops their record, which still puts us in seventh. You see what I'm saying? So I, I, I do believe we're still very much in a situation where if we decide to get our crap together and go on a win streak, we will be in the playoffs. There's very little doubt in my mind about that. Now, what a win streak means in terms of, does that mean undefeated? Does that mean lose one, two, three? What does that mean? Could make a pretty big difference, especially when you factor in who we're losing to. But that's kind of one side of it. The other side is, I don't think we're going to turn this around. Let's, let's say, for example, we beat the Lions, but we're about to lose to Dallas. We're going to lose to the Eagles. We're going to lose to a lot of these teams. And we're, even if we get into the playoffs, we're just going to get one and done. And so I don't even want to bother. In that case, there's other things that we would like to happen. There are ways in which we can win a couple games and lose a couple games, and, and we still end up with a high pick because, again, remember, we're tied with a lot of teams right now. And so you want, basically what we're doing is we're rooting for garbage teams to start getting better records than us. The only reason I, I feel the need to bring this up is it's usually very easy to point out, like, okay, here's who we want to win, here's who we want to lose, but now we're kind of fracturing, and some of it's going to stay the same. Everybody's rooting for the Vikings to lose. You could say, well, no, I, I, I want us to tank, so I want the Vikings to win, which I don't know if anyone would actually say that, but you still don't because they're playing Washington. And so if the Vikings lose, we're still not going to be ahead in the division. But also Washington then 
stays ahead of us. And if you do want us to get into the playoffs, our best bet is probably to win the division. So I, I think we're all kind of kind of in agreement. I guess I don't really know how you want to get there or whatever, but it does make it complicated. And I don't want to have to sit here and say, you know, here's what we want to happen, unless this or that or the way, whatever. We'll just kind of take it as it comes. But games that are coming up this this week, again, Washington and the Vikings. A lot of that isn't probably going to matter because the Vikings more than likely are going to stomp out Washington. Now, they're only three-point favorites, but in my mind, I still believe Washington is a trash football team. They are on like a three-game win streak. I, I, you know, who knows? I don't know. But I feel like the Vikings are, are doing a lot of really good things, and I think Washington still has a lot of really serious issues. But that is a big one. Another one we might be able to agree on is the Bears and the Dolphins. And the only reason that I say that, because if you're rooting for us to have a really high pick, you kind of want the Bears to win. But I just, I feel like even, even in that case, it's like, you know what? How about the Bears pick higher than us? But that's it. Like, we get the number two pick to get the number one pick. Because <laughs> I, I just don't want the Bears to do good at anything ever. But I, you know, I'll be honest. The uh, Miami Dolphins are four and a half point favorites. I would be tempted to take the Bears. As you know, I'm not a fan of the Bears. I just, I'm concerned about Miami. They haven't really looked good. I understand they've had issues with the quarterback and there's a whole controversy and all that that stuff with the concussion and whatnot, but they have not been a really solid-looking football team since they beat Buffalo in Week 3, right? They went 3-0. and They beat New England 20-7. to They beat Baltimore 42-38. They beat Buffalo 21-19. I mean, they're beating good teams. They're beating them sometimes by a decent enough margin. I don't know, but... Since then, they lost three in a row. Then they beat Pittsburgh, which is a bottom-of-the-barrel team, 16-10, and then beat Detroit, bottom-of-the-barrel team, 31-27. This is the second game in a row on the road going to Chicago. Chicago has started to show a little bit of promise, a little bit of fire, a little bit of passion. Offense is starting to pick up a little bit, showing some creativity there. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm a huge Miami fan. But I'm I am concerned that it's not gonna go great. Falcons Chargers again. It really depends what side of the aisle you're falling on. Um, if you want us to keep pace ahead of everybody, you're a Chargers fan. If you want other teams to maybe possibly surpass us, you're probably a Falcons fan. Interestingly, these are two kind of similar teams. Um, surprisingly, the Falcons have found an offense. Um, they are ranked sixth overall, but both teams have just horrific defenses. So if you're looking for a shootout. Well, if you're looking for a shootout, this probably isn't it. Because usually when you have like the 31, the 31st and 32nd ranked defense, and you assume it's going to be a 50 to 60 game, it ends up being like 6 to 10. Somehow, I don't know how that happens. But anyways, uh, we'll see how it goes. I I personally don't really care. I kind of just want to let it play out and see where things lie when it's all done. The biggest thing is going to be, what did we do? right? If we blow out the Lions and it's like, all right, cool, let's do this, load up. If we lose to the Lions, I'm out. I'm all the way like, dude, I hope to check on the Falcons, man. Make sure they won. It is a race, a race to the top of the picking order. I said picking because it's picking in the draft. Leave me alone. I know I know what the phrase is. Panthers, Bengals, very similar thing, although the Bengals are very heavily favorited, so Carolina unlikely. Although, again, a lot of passion, a lot of heart from Carolina. That'll only carry him so far, but maybe it's enough to kind of get him a couple sneaky wins that you weren't expecting. Um... Seattle and Arizona is weird just because why is Seattle as good as they are? I don't understand. I really don't. I expected Seattle to be maybe the worst team in football and they keep winning. And I haven't even peeked at them to find out why yet. I have no idea other than Gino is a good quarterback. I don't know. I don't know what else is going on over there. They must have been being held back by their quarterback, which is the craziest thing ever. But I am curious. Uh, the Cardinals, wait, the Cardinals are favorites? There must be an injury or something going on. Marquise Goodwin and Daryl Taylor are the only guys that I see listed as out for the Seahawks. Why, I do wonder. I was just about to say that I I wouldn't count out the Cardinals, but the fact that Vegas is actually up on the 3-5 and five Cardinals beating the 5-3 and three Seattle Seahawks is very surprising to me. I uh, If I cared a little more, I'd delve in. I, I will eventually delve into that, but not for the sake of this podcast because, you know, Feels like there's a bet brewing there. Rams, Bucks. I mean, it's it's the battle of the ha-has because I'm just reveling in in how much both of these teams suck, and I want to watch it just to see just to see one of these teams fall to another game. 
You know what I mean? Go down one more. Tampa is favorited. Uh, again, I'm a little surprised by that. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 3-5. and five. They've lost their last three straight, including to Carolina and Pittsburgh. Again, two of the worst teams in football. Uh, before that, they beat the Falcons by a little bit, uh, six points, and then lost to Kansas City and Green Bay. So they are, um, what is that, five of the last six they lost? I know the Rams aren't a ton better, but they got beat by San Francisco, which is a divisional thing. So that there's that. They beat Carolina, lost to Dallas, who's a pretty decent team, then lost to the 49ers again, and then beat Arizona, beat Atlanta, and lost to Buffalo, which is understandable, right? So your losses are Buffalo, best team in football, twice to the 49ers, and then once to Dallas. I think all four of those arguably are good teams. Uh, two of those losses came against a division rival that just kind of has your number right now. And then you beat Atlanta, Arizona, and Carolina. Not the greatest wins in the world, but I'm just saying, it's at least understandable to where you are. Tampa, I have no idea what the heck they're doing. But again, doesn't super matter because they both suck. And if you're, whether or not you're trying to get into the playoffs or whatever, um, they're both just terrible. One of them is going to, one of them is going to improve their record and close in on us. I shouldn't say close in you know, take a step with us. Cause obviously we're going to beat Detroit. Obviously we're going to beat Detroit. It's not even something to worry about. I'm not worried. You kidding me? Worried? Why would I be worried? No, there's no anxiety. I'm not freaking out. I'm not going to do what everybody thinks I'm going to do and just freak out, man. All right. I'm kind of freaked out a little bit. We'll be all right. But no, no, th- this, this is a win-win for us because one of these teams is going to lose and we just get to point and laugh because I can't stand Tampa Bay and Tom Brady and the Rams can suck it always. Basically, every NFC West team is just the worst forever. Um, Saints, Ravens, I'm, I'm kind of torn on this. I don't like the Saints at all. I want them to lose, clearly. Um... But I'm, I'm, I'm a little torn. First of all, I'm surprised at how competent they look at times. They're 3-5. and five. They're not a good football team. Um, but beating the Raiders 24-0 is, is somewhat impressive. Beating Seattle, one of the few teams that has 39-32, to 32, they put up some big numbers on occasion. In fact, the last four weeks now, 39-26, 34-24, pretty solid. The problem is their defense in those same four weeks, 32-30-42, and then, of course, zero to the Raiders, which is hilarious hilarious you know we're talking garbage defense which how how did their defense become bad that was like the only thing i thought that was going to be good i don't know man nothing makes sense this year but at the same time as much as i want the saints to lose um three and five i'm not massively threatened by them and also baltimore i don't know why they get under my skin i think it's just because they're generally overrated and again, that's not to say they're bad. I know their defense, well, their offense is actually better than their defense right now. And, and they do some cool stuff. I'll grant them that. I mean, they are everything I wish we were. We're all kind of coming to the conclusion that right now our team is just soft, which is hilarious because that's been our knock since forever. The Mike McCarthy, Dom Capers days, we are a finesse defense and a soft this, that, or the other. And then I thought when we got Matt LaFleur and Mike Pettin, that was going to change, right? We're getting bigger. We're getting stronger. We're going to run the ball. We're going to smash you in your stupid mouth. And Mike Pettin's going to make us, like, really mean and stuff. And then that didn't happen. Baltimore is that team. They are the physical, violent uh, team. The, the, the prototypical AFC North, we are going to get off the bus and make you soil your pants. We want you to stay up late at night worrying about what we're going to do to you tomorrow. But if nothing else, I just want a team like Baltimore to lose, even though they're AFC, for the simple reason, same reason I want Buffalo to lose, Kansas City to lose. I just don't like when a team is really good and we aren't. And so for us to be able to sit back and go, ha, you suck too, is better than the alternative. But I can't bring myself to root for the Saints because I really dislike them. So I don't know. I don't like this game at all. I want both of them to lose. Not tie. Forget that. Tying is stupid. I want them both to lose. So figure that out. Anyways, that is the uh, entirety of the week this week. In all honesty, there isn't, as much as it seems like a really serious thing, there isn't that much that means that much. I think because everybody's basically tied right now. You got a couple outliers, but it feels like everybody else is tied. 
You know, like we're three and five and that sucks and we're probably going to win, but we're still just four and five. Well, I mean, Washington at best is five and four. The Bears at best are four and five. The Lions, well, you know, they're going to lose. Seahawks have five wins. The 49ers have four. Rams, three. Cardinals, three. Falcons, four. Buccaneers, three. Saints, three. Panthers, two. Nobody's really just dominating us. You got the Eagles at eight wins. Cowboys at six wins. Giants at six wins. Vikings at six wins. And that's it. Nobody else is blowing us out of the water. I mean, I guess Seattle with, with uh, five is two games ahead of us. There's four NFC teams that are more than one game ahead of us. That's it. And, and weirdly, nobody that I'm super scared of. You know what I mean? It used to be, what, used to be as in every year ever, that there are these Goliath, behemoth, really scary, unbeatable teams that you hope lose so that, number one, you can catch them, but number two, so that you know that they're fallible. This year, it's like, the Cowboys are good, but they're, I would borderline say, worse than they have been in the past. You know? Like, go back last year, and I'm just going to make this up because I don't want to look it up. Let's say Dallas was like the fourth or fifth best NFC team. I think they were more scary back then than they are now when they're the second best, as far as record, or just talent, I don't know. The Eagles are 8-0, but as you may have seen on social media, they haven't really done anything impressive. You know, like they're they're they'll the one team they face that's like pretty good, they beat when their quarterback is out or whatever. Like it's just they haven't done anything. If put it this way, if they were playing Buffalo, Buffalo would win by twenty. Maybe not really. I mean, we only won by ten, but I, I, I would have no reservations whatsoever picking Buffalo. Or the Chiefs. Honestly, I don't know that they beat Dallas. I know they already beat Dallas once, but that was the Cooper Rush Dallas Cowboys. That was Cooper Rush and Ezekiel Elliott. You know, Tony Pollard is a better running back than Ezekiel Elliott is, and Ezekiel Elliott, which is apparently a tongue twister, got more carries than Tony Pollard did in that game. I'm just saying, run it back with Dallas at closer to full strength with their actual team. I'm not positive. I'm not saying that the Eagles are a worse team. I'm just saying it's it's much closer to being 50-50 between the two teams. And this, this too, is, is where a lot of people get hyped up about the Packers if they could finally turn this thing around because if you look at the Eagles and what they've done and, and, and what they really are and compare that to the Packers, if they could ever get their head out of their you-know-what and play football like a, a, a competent football team, I'm not sure the Eagles are all that much better. You know what I mean? Jalen Hurts is fine, but a lot of the hype about Jalen Hurts I'm not entirely sold on. When you have an offensive line that's as good as his offensive line, and when you run the ball as well as he run, as, as they run the ball, and, and on top of that, you have some really solid wide receivers, I'm not, I'm, I don't know. But I'd be willing to bet you put Jordan Love in that, on that team, he would be a star, or Rodgers, or whoever you want. Now, they still do have those things, but the point is, get some corners that can cover, get some pass rush. I think it changes things pretty drastically. I don't know that there are these super powerhouse teams. However... We've been in these situations before, and what's going to happen is that teams will start to emerge. I personally don't think the Packers are one of them, but they absolutely can be, and the benefit of what's been happening this season is that nobody's done it for such a long time, and everybody's been so bad if they do emerge, despite the fact that they have a terrible record right now. Like I said, it's still within their grasp. As long as you win, it won't matter, right? I wanted to go through the games. I did go through the game. But the bottom line is, every time I look at it, I just think, it doesn't every game is just, eh, I don't really care. It's usually obvious. We absolutely need this team to win. We need that team to lose. Otherwise, we're in a lot of trouble. It's kind of, eh. I mean, the only thing you could really say is, if you really want to win the division, it's, it is pivotal that we win and the Vikings lose. Because we got we a lot of ground to make up. But if you're just talking about being a a team that can compete with the rest of the teams in the NFL, number one, and a team that can get into the playoffs, it's, just, it's all just up to us. That's it. Nobody else and what they do really matter. And, that, and that's part of the reason why this is such a less stressful season than in the past when you're trying to get that number one seed, when you're trying desperately to maintain the win in the North. But if you can just let that go and just say, look, we, we got two things that are going to happen here. We're either going to not figure this out and suck and miss the playoffs and everything else, or we're going to figure it out, and we got a, we got a shot here. I mean, we, we got to be a wild-card team, but so what? Win. So anyways, that brings us to Packers-Lions. 
Start talking about that in a minute. Kind of an early break, but we're going to do that anyway. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you would like to support the podcast directly, you can do so for as little as $1 per month. I know things are tough out there, but if you got it, it would be amazing. Also, if you did win Powerball last night, I may have, I don't know, it's not uh, It's not Powerball drawing time, but I think it's pretty safe to assume I won't. But somebody is probably going to, and if that person has, happens to listen to the podcast, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy, I think there is the option to give like 10 grand a month if you wanted to. I'm just saying, I mean, you figure out what you want to do with uh, nearly a billion dollars in cash. But if you, you know, if you wanted to give like $10,000 a month, I mean, that'd be totally fine. It's not a big deal. It's the biggest reason why I want to expand the podcast. It's not just for the sake of having a big audience or anything like that. It's just that someday there will be somebody that wins the lottery and that person will listen to this podcast and they're going to hook me up with something sweet. That's my, that, is my, that is my ultimate life goal, for somebody that wins the lottery to be a listener to my podcast. It's probably already happened and that ter- person did not give me anything. <laughs> Anyways, Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry, that is the charity we are supporting. If you'd like to check that out, you can find them at FertileGroundRanch.org. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne. Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's take a look at this game um, in terms of matchup. As much as, again, offense has been terrible, defense has been terrible, got to acknowledge, still an NFL football team, and you're still going to have to show up. For example, just based on matchups, our defense against their offense. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, I was thinking Equinemius, 76.9 overall grade. Jair Alexander, 76.1 overall grade. As stupid as that sounds, it's an even matchup. Our highest graded defensive lineman, 
talking DTs and edge rushers. Rashawn Gary, 79.7, going up primarily against Panay Sewell, 76.5, pretty even match. Their offensive line is solid. From left to right, 63, 70, 71, 67, 76. Now we can get into the statistics and how much of that is run to, uh, run blocking compared to pass blocking, but the bottom line is we've gone up against some terrible offensive lines and have not been able to capitalize. This is one of the better offensive lines we've seen in quite a while, including Buffalo, by the way. In terms of like the weakest link being pretty solid, this is it. If you look at the number two wide receiver, um, Khalif Raymond, well, I mean, that's that's a nobody. We'll be able to lock that down, no problem. Khalif Raymond ranks 65th with a 65 overall grade. He's going up against Eric Stokes, who ranks 81st with a 53 overall grade. On top of that, we have Quay Walker, who ranks 64th out of linebackers with a 51 overall grade. Isaiah McDuffie has a 51 overall grade. Darnell Savage with a 46 overall grade. Adrian Amos with a 54 overall grade. Our linebackers and safeties, right now, based on what they've done over the season, pretty much one of the worst groups linebackers and safeties in all of football now we can make excuses and be like well that doesn't really count I mean we've had a tough go and we're, we're going to figure it out and get better I'm just saying if we just take a snapshot of what the Packers defense has been over the season compared to what the Lions offense has been this season I'm not positive we're the better unit statistically sure well we rank this on on defense and they rank this on offense well okay actually I don't even think we're favored in that matchup the bottom line is though if we come into this with the mentality that we're just going to shut it down. More specifically, if our defensive players come into this, having read the stats that I posted about being dead last in, in multiple categories on offense and defense, they're in for a rude, awake, uh, a rude awakening. The only real benefit here is that the number one receiver in terms of yards and touchdowns, for that matter, tied for number one, is TJ Hawkinson, who is now gone. But that's it. It's, it's, here's, this is the bottom line. Because, because we keep talking about this too with, you know, well, actually the Jets are a good football team. And so it's understandable that we lost. So it's actually the Giants are a good football team. The question is, what are the Packers? If the Packers were a 13 win team, I don't care how impressive the Jets are considering that the Jets or the Giants are considering that the Giants, we should have beat them just like we should have beat Washington. So where are we setting the bar for this game? Have we conceded that we are not a good football team? If so, we're in, we're in for a rough haul here. This is a these are two evenly matched teams, which is depressing because we're going up against a one-win team. But these are two evenly matched teams. If we're talking about a turnaround, if we're talking about major improvement, then this team is a joke. And I guess that's what, that's what we have to figure out prior to going into this game. Am I going into this saying this is a big turnaround game. We've got things on the right path. This is going to be a better version of the Packers, a more uh, representative version of the Packers in terms of what, what they really are and what they really will be moving forward. If you're looking at it from that standpoint, it's not that good of a team, right? I mean, yeah, they, they've got a solid offensive line, but Penny Sewell, who ranks 15th, is their best. Big freaking deal, BFD. Number one wide receiver has a 77 overall grade, whoop-de-doo. They don't, ha- they don't have a premier offensive lineman. They don't have a premier wide receiver. They no longer have a premier tight end. They had a good tight end who is now gone. They don't even have a competent quarterback. And, um, and that's it. That's the story of their offense. So if we are a premier team in football, this is a joke. If we are still the same version of the Packers, this is, this is going to be rough. And I'm not sure how we contain uh, Amon Ra St. Brown. I'm not sure how we get pressure against this offensive line, or more importantly, how we stop the run, considering how successful their running backs have been and how good at run blocking this unit has been. On the other side of things is our offense. Now, this is where there there really is no redeemable qualities for the Detroit Lions. The best player they have in terms of their grade is 2022 third-round rookie safety Kirby Joseph, who didn't even start playing until week four. He's played weeks four, five, seven, and eight. He is their highest graded player on their entire defense. After that, in terms of guys that have actually played enough to uh, get a grade, is another rookie by the name of Aiden Hutchinson, but he only has a 66 overall grade. 63.6 pass rush grade, he ranks 61st. 
Their best players are their rookies, and their rookies aren't even that good. Amani Aruarie, who was their number one cornerback coming into this season. Remember, Jeff Okuda was competing to even win the job. We didn't even know if Jeff Okuda would win the job as, as the number two cornerback. Jeff Okuda, I believe now, is the number one. I don't, I don't really know. But Amani Aruarie, who was actually pretty competent last year, is ranked 110 out of 110 cornerbacks. There is not a single cornerback that has produced worse than Amani Aruarie. He has a 28.2 overall grade. Their slot corner, Parker, 39.9. Jeffrey Okuda, who is their apparently top corner right now, 66 overall grade. He ranks 43rd. Everything about this defense is a disaster. So, a couple different things. From the their offense, our defense standpoint, the question for me is, what is our defense? Like, are, are, are we really a top-end defense? If not, then it's going to be a, a tough matchup, and they're going to score 20, 24-ish points, and, you know, we're just going to kind of figure it out. I mean, if they score more than that, then we're kind of just bad at football. But, you know, we'll, we'll give up a, a decent chunk of, of, of points because we're just not that great. If we're a very good defense, that offense can't do anything. Quarterback sucks. Offensive line is, is good, but not certainly not, you know, Eagles good. Not Probably not even Dallas good, and we got those teams coming up. Dallas does have more holes, but they've got some premier players too. I don't know. We'll visit that when we get there. It's not. I don't even know that it's Packers good, to be honest. It depends on if Bakhtiari's playing or not. But if Bakhtiari's in the lineup, it's, it's maybe on par with Packers good. For the offense, it's very simple. You're either going to figure it out this week, or you just suck. They don't have linebackers, they don't have defensive tackles, they don't have edge rushers, they don't have corners, they don't have safeties. They don't have a single thing that can stop you. The only thing that can stop you is the thing that's been stopping you all year, and that is yourself. That's it. Yourself. And that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. If we are struggling to move the ball because of things like penalties, missed blocks, etc., and it, it, to me, it's just we, we just refuse to get out of our own way. If we're getting beat by this defense, that's, that's maybe even a bigger problem. But I, I really don't think that'll happen. I really genuinely don't. I don't see any reason why our offense shouldn't be able to move unless we cannot get out of our own way. We shall see. Um, before we close it out, predictions. I think, I, I believe, the Packers kind of, in a way, did what I wanted them to do last week against the Buffalo Bills, which is to treat it like the Super Bowl. I saw a couple different things, like going forward on fourth really early in the game. We wanted to get Christian Watson going early, but just, you know, didn't, couldn't, whatever. I think this might be that game. I know that I've been stuck on this one thing for a long time, and I'm, I'm just setting myself up for failure. Pending Christian Watson's health, availability, whatever, I think they try to utilize him in a big way. The Detroit Lions are 32nd in net yards per attempt, passing. They're also 28th in, in yards giving up rushing. But we, we, I think we know we can run the ball well. We have to prove we can throw the ball in this game. And I think a big part of that is we have to be able to attack down the field. I know I've been railing against that for a long time. You know, you don't need to attack down the field as much as you keep thinking you do. But that's mostly me saying, if it's not working, stop doing it. Don't, don't, don't take shots down the field every other play and then it doesn't work. And you keep doing it, and then at the end of the game, you say, man, we need to take more deep shots. No, you don't. In that situation, you needed to stop doing that and find a different way to win because you suck at it. However, they do need to be able to attack with that. And, and let's be honest, we got Romeo Dobbs, who is a deep threat. He's not the greatest in the world, but he has that ability. Beyond that, better than that, better at that than Romeo Dobbs is Sammy Watkins. And I believe better than that is Christian Watson. We have three guys on this team that can attack down the field. And as much as I'm pessimistic about our ability to win football games moving forward against, you know, somewhat better teams, if there was one thing that could really crack this thing open, it would be to be able to succeed down the field, in my opinion, at least offensively. doesn't really help the defense or the special teams, but the ability to say, you can't stop us from taking deeper shots down the field or to threaten down the field so that we're not just constantly throwing behind the line of scrimmage and it doesn't go anywhere because teams are like, yeah, we know you're going to throw behind the line of scrimmage because that's all you can do. I think the Packers know they need to be able to do that. They need to build confidence in that way. They need to build confidence in their rookies. They need to build confidence in their offense overall. This is the perfect storm. 
This is the team that can't stop you. This is the team where whatever it is you need to be able to establish yourselves moving forward, this is your moment to do it. What is it that you need to be able to do that you can't do? This is the week to do it. Now, maybe they play scared, and maybe that's what I should expect, because I do think this is a very overly cautious and very, you know, whatever, overly safe football team led by an overly safe coach. And maybe they will say, you know what, we're just going to stick with the run the ball, dink and dunk strategy and hope that Detroit isn't good enough to stop us. And then we win by four points and we we feel sad about it. But listen, I, I, I think everybody acknowledges we need to be all in on whatever that is. Win, lose, or draw, right? If, if Win big or lose big, but, but establish yourself. If that's what you want to do, then do it. If you're playing scared of the Lions, we don't have any hope. That's the point. Narrowly beating the Lions doesn't mean anything. Now is the time when you say, we are going to unload everything. And we are going to put it out there and we're going we're gonna to rehearse it. We're going to practice it. We're going to do it. We're going to execute it. And we're going to show everybody that this is the Green Bay Packers and this is what you have to watch out for moving forward. But playing scared against the Lions and just trying to get a W, that doesn't help us in the long run. It doesn't help us beat Dallas. It doesn't help us beat the Eagles. It doesn't help us beat the Vikings. It doesn't help us even beat the Bears the next time we face them. There has to be some point at which we say it's time to take a step. It's time to step out and be better than we have been, not continuing to turtle, continuing to hide in our shell, scared of, of being good at stuff. So, and, and again, I think last week they tried that. I think a lot of that had to do with Watson, and he got hurt within five seconds. Now, I don't know. Maybe they don't want to do that again. Maybe, maybe Watson's, uh, yeah, Watson. I hate that there's a Watkins in our team. Not, no, no offense to Sammy. I just, it just confuses me. Maybe, maybe we don't go that route, but I think we need to. I think everybody acknowledges what that kid can do. His speed is electric. And again, I can't get, it was like week two that I was talking about this, but I can't get over it. The guy is open every single time he tries to run behind the defense, he gets behind him. How do you not take advantage of that? What the heck is the point of getting one of the few guys that has Tyreek Hill speed just so that he can draw the defense away? Dude, that's BS. Use it. Everybody else is using it. Chris Olave's got speed. They're, you know, the, the Saints suck, but at least they, they're attacking down the field with Olave. You know what the Saints don't have is everything else we have. If you got it, use it. That's all I'm saying. Dobbs has skills. Use them. Christian Watson has skills. Use them. Sammy Watkins has skills. Use them. Use the tools you have. And if it doesn't work and the tools aren't sharp enough, they're not good enough, then I guess we suck. It is what it is. I don't know what else to say. You know, it's, it's kind of like, um, kind of reminds me of, of playing poker. You ever watch like the Texas Hold'em tournaments or anything like that? I used to be like most boys my age when you were in middle school, high school, Texas Hold'em poker was like the biggest thing in the world. We used to go out and play Texas Hold'em with friends and everything else. We'd go out to some random dude's house. Like my buddy would be like, hey man, I, I got this guy. He's got a tournament. We should go. He's totally legit. And of course he was, and he was way better than us. And I lost 20 bucks, which was a big deal back in high school. But anyways, it's what everybody did. Anyways, teaching my son how to play now. Probably shouldn't, but I am. I got a pretty sweet case, actually. A little, like a big old metal case with tons and tons of these big, heavy clay chips and the whole nine yards. When you're, when you're low on chips, you have no choice but to be aggressive. The Packers are low on chips, and they're just bleeding themselves out. They're throwing in their blinds, and they're folding. And eventually what's going to happen is you're going to lose. At some point, you have to just start being aggressive because although it's a risky strategy and although there's a very high probability that if somebody has really good cards when you push your chips in, that they're going to call you and they're going to win, maybe, you have no choice because if you don't do this, you will lose. You can't sit there and wait for two aces to come up. It's not going to work. The Packers need to push their chips in. And again, there is no better team to do it against while everybody else is out there floundering. And that, that's one of the other extra, extra added benefits of things being so bad is if you can have one statement game, even against a bad team, you move up the power rankings exponentially. Everybody, you know, as much as there's sort of this anti-Packers narrative out there, there's a lot of people that would be more than happy to acknowledge 
that a reinvigorated Packers team is going to eviscerate the rest of the NFL if they start playing like they looked the last couple years. There's no doubt about it. So show everybody that. Nobody wants to see us beat the Lions by four. Nobody cares. So that's where I'm at. We're at, we're at the end of the action movie. You know, we need to go out in a blaze of glory right here, right now. I remember when we were kids, um, I forget if there was a particular, oh, it was uh, Goldeneye. We used to play Goldeneye. I think that was primarily the context, but th- there was a uh, thing we would call Rambo, which is basically just going out, just blasting, you know? It's where you, you're not hiding around the corner. You're not doing any of this kind of sneaky stuff. You're just, you, you, you grab that, what is the uh, P something? What is that gun in, in Goldeneye? The RCP-90, I think. I think that was the one. You grab that bad boy and you just start spraying. That's what we got to do. I believe that. There's no moral victories to be had here. Demonstrate to everybody. And I mean everybody. I'm not just talking about the media. I'm talking about demonstrate to yourselves. Demonstrate to the players. Demonstrate to the coaches, demonstrate to the GM, demonstrate to Mark Murphy that this is a viable plan. I saw Mark Murphy made some kind of a comment, something to the effect of, uh, I have every confidence that the GM and coach will do everything within their power to turn this team, make the moves necessary to turn this team around this year. That sent chills down my spine, and I'm not even a GM or a head coach. If my boss was telling me they will make moves, they will fix this, it will happen this year, and we will go to the playoffs, I'm a little nervous. Like, oh, shoot. <laughs> like, I was kind of kind of just leaning into next year kind of thing, you know? Figured we'd just kind of ride this thing down. And he's looking you dead in your face like, nope, you're gonna, you will go to the playoffs this year. If you suck this bad, I'll find somebody else that can get us to the playoffs. Everybody's got somebody to account to everybody's going to be held accountable at some point or another. Why play it safe? What do you, what do you get out of that? And, and, and I just feel like we've done that for too long. We've always been content with the three-point win. That last-second last field goal because, hey, a win's a win. BS, dude. Are you a dominant team or not? This is why the media doesn't like us. Because we're not. Do you know where we ranked last year in point differential? Which is, you know, when you beat a team, how badly do you beat them? I think we were 21st which partly illustrates why we're struggling as much as we are right now, because I think we were not as good of a team as our record would indicate last year. But we just, we just don't put teams away. We either, you know, we, we lose a couple, but we win most. But even with 13 wins, we have a way substandard, substandard point differential. Because when we win, it's by a couple points. That's stupid. We've played this game way too many times, man. We've been this team for too long. And now, now there's nothing to protect. I mean, if, if, you're, if you're on path for another 13-win season, I get it. Don't ruin a good thing. It's kind of working. Let's just kind of run it back and see how it goes. But at this point, we are not even anywhere near a playoff berth. And I've been critical of, of Matt LaFleur for other reasons, not play calling or anything like that necessarily, just... You know, the, the, the team isn't rallying around you or whatever. That's, that's one thing. But if we don't show aggression, and I hate aggression. This is coming from the most conservative guy on planet Earth. I always want to punt on fourth down or kick the field goal if we're in range. Always. I'm that dude, man. Take the points. I'm scared. We're going we're gonna to mess this up. Dude, if you don't get it, they're going to get the ball. We lose momentum. This sucks. I am the biggest coward on planet Earth. Never going forward on fourth down, with, with very rare exceptions. Kick the field goal if you can't punt. I'm telling you, you have to be aggressive in this game. And if you are wildly aggressive, one of two things is going to happen. We are going to blow out the Lions and prove to ourselves and everybody else that we are a legit contender, or we're going to lose to the Lions and the season is done. But either solution is better than being the same kind of middling, trashy team that barely beats the Lions. And then you, then we have this fight amongst Packer fans of, oh, I can't, I've never seen so many people so mad about a win before. Spoiled Packer fan, blah, blah, blah. And then on the other side, it's just rage. Rage at, at the team. And so we fight each other as we continue down this path of, of sub-mediocrity. I don't want to do that. I don't. Let's push the chips in. Either we have better cards or we don't. Let's find out right now. 
Do we have the cards or don't we? Are we going to win this hand or are we not? I'm tired of playing around with this. I think we have a good hand. I think we have a good roster. So why are we playing so scared? And again, the good thing is I, I get being scared of losing your job. You don't want to be too aggressive and then you lose and then you lose your job. That, that's not a thing anymore. You're gonna if you don't change something up, whether it be this year or next year or whatever. So why not change it up, man? At this point, Rodgers ain't coming back. He ain't coming back to this. You think he wants to come back and win six games? Give me a break. He doesn't need this. So if we can break down the word conservative for a moment, because that's what I feel like the Packers are being, what is it we're conserving? What is it we're trying to protect? What is it we have right now that's so good we just don't want to mess it up? What, what is one thing that's so good we don't want to mess We're going to lose Rodgers? We're going to lose our jobs? <laughs> we're gonna, and, and by the way, if Rodgers leaves, we're selling, which means David Bakhtiari and Aaron Jones are gone. What are we trying to protect right now? So just push the chips in, dude. Push them in. And I hope that happens. Because here's the thing. I think if we do that, there's a very good chance that we succeed in proving the things that need to be proved. And again, I started this by talking about a, a, a prediction. Prediction would be, my, my guess is Christian Watson, but we're going to find an electric offense. An offense that takes what it wants. It's still going to run the ball well, because that's what we feel like doing in that moment. But if we want to hit Lazard over the middle or Watson over the top, that's what we're going to freaking do. And so understand, and there's a lot of people that are thinking that I'm coming at this with unrealistic standards, but understand that when I watch the game, that's kind of what I'm watching for, because there's three options. We lose to the Lions, which sucks. We play the Lions as though they are our equals, and it's this back and forth like, oh boy, who's going to win, which is basically a loss. Or we shred them, and we take what we want because they are the worst team in football with one win, and we are a Super Bowl contending team. Those are the three options. We'll see what happens. I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have yourselves a fantastic day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.